Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. Cloud-enabled anywhere work has been a boon to businesses of all sizes, improving productivity and, frankly, keeping companies up and running during COVID. It's also been a bonanza for cyber criminals extending their attack surface to a greater number of endpoints beyond servers and workstations to laptops, tablets, smartphones, and even to IoT devices. What can you do to extend security protection far and wide? In this episode of Cybersecurity Simplified, we'll discuss the case for EDR, Endpoint Detection and Response. I'm her co-host, Susanna Song. I'm Dave Barton. How you doing there, David? I'm good. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, done a podcast. Well, I have some great news. We actually surpassed 8,500 downloads. So we've got a wow. lot of viewers and listeners. Uh, you know, so to our viewers, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to our opinions. And, and uh, you know, we I, I can't speak for Susanna, but we or I enjoy having these dialogues and and having you guys ride in and tell us what you think about what we have to say and and giving us ideas for our next podcast. So yeah, please feel free, um, you know, b- bring the ideas in. Uh, anything we can do to help simplify cybersecurity, that's what we're all about. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right in, David, about endpoint detection and response. In okay. a broader sense, what what is it in today's world? So, you know, endpoint detection is really the evolution of antivirus. Um, I remember years ago, you know, back, uh, I, I'll use my bad joke when I used to have hair. Um, <laughs> it was it was all signature-based. Um, if I see a file that looks bad, it's got to be bad. Versus today's endpoints are very powerful, very sophisticated, using a lot of machine learning and AI to help identify bad behaviors. And so the challenge for most companies comes back to some of our our principles around helping to solve the too many tools, the too much data, the not enough support. EDR in and of itself is not super complicated, but it's not super easy either. You need folks who understand what the tool is telling you. And so what EDR means for our partners and our end customers is now we have another tool that um, without regard to where the end customer is, we can uh, we can put a tool on that device and protect it. So if they're working from home, right, and, and you and I talked about this this morning, I don't see working from home going away anytime soon. And so one of the challenges most organizations face is what do I do with that employee at home? How do I protect my asset, the corporate asset, when it's on their home network? Because frankly, I'm not putting broadband in everybody's home, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not going to pay for their home broadband. So I've got to put my corporate device on their network, but I still want the visibility, Yeah. right? Every CISO worth of salt is going to tell you, I need to be able to see what I have to protect. And if I can't see it, I can't protect it. Yep. So EDR really is this evolution of, I want to block stuff with AAV, but now I want visibility to behavior. I want visibility to 
what's good and what's bad. What's and AAV, by it, the way? Yeah, antivirus, oh, old school okay. antivirus, right? McAfee, mm-hmm. Symantec. There's some others that have gone by the wayside. Um, EDR now is all about seeing the, the, the behavior of the file, of the person, and applying machine learning to it. And, and finding those needles, but more importantly, not just finding them, but the D and the R, right? Detecting and responding. Mm-hmm. And so EDR is all about the endpoint. Um, there's some challenges there, right? We really can't go on IoT devices, but if it's a computing platform in your environment that a user is using, there's a pretty good chance we can put the EDR platform on it and mm-hmm. help give you better visibility. Well, for example, our cell phones, like I'm constantly checking work email on my phone. So would this be an example of if I have Outlook on my phone and checking work email that uh, there would be detection and response on on that asset? In the current state, no. Great okay. question. And and it's more relevant for folks who, that haven't seen it. Um, you know, Apple announced their iPhone 13 yesterday. And what they also announced, but did it very fairly quietly, is there's a patch out for your existing iOS devices oh, yeah. because I did that right away. <laughs> there's some code out there yeah. in the wild that folks can send you via an uh, iMessage and take over your phone, take over everything on the phone. And so, you know, in the past, Mac, Macintosh or Apple products, I'm dating myself, Mac products. Um, have been fairly immune to these current threats. Well, the the most popular mobile phone device in the world today is an Apple, right? It's it's exceeding the Android, which is interesting because most of the times Android iOS is free, but it's exceeding it in terms of adoption. Mm -hmm. So the bad guys now have a target. And as if you think about the iPhone 13, they announced it's the fastest iPhone ever. It's got more memory, more better video, et cetera, et cetera, which means it's going to do more and more computing of your corporate data. So now the bad guys have a new target and now they have an exploit and Apple announced a patch, but, and and I just digress for a minute because some of our listeners probably haven't seen that yet. And if they haven't go check it out, it's worth looking into make sure anybody who's using your corporate device uh, their their own personal or a corporate device running iOS that they get it patched. Okay. But back to your question, right? Um, there are MDM platforms, mobile device management platforms, that will help manage risk on endpoints like phones. Um, what I'm really c- referring to, Susanna, is laptops, workstations, Linux devices, um, larger computing platforms versus the smaller handheld tablets, iPads, iPhones, whatever. Well, let me ask you this, David. So no surprise, our last episode was around OpenXDR. People who know Overwatch Managed Security, they know we tout the XDR platform. And in a lot of ways, the security market out there has segmented these different acronyms, right? We've got our EDR, we have our NDR, we have our XDR, and in many ways, um, there's been a progression. So take me back to 
EDR. And would you say that EDR is almost foundational? So people, and obviously and Brian Stoner said it even in the last episode, uh, EDR is very affordable, right? Per user, it's, it's a lot more affordable than XDR. So for businesses who are just exploring cybersecurity is EDR in your opinion, kind of baseline, like you need to get it, you need it. So, yeah, I think, you know, for years we would tell people firewall and, and AV was enough. Right. And what's happened is we've discovered that there's more to the story and the bad guys already knew the story. We were just late to the game. And so we've evolved to next gen firewall and Mm -hmm. monitoring with XDR and EDR. You know, if, if at the end of the day, the end customer has a budget and there's only so much investment they can do in cybersecurity, you know, I think the, the people piece awareness, and I think, EDR have to be one and two, right? Yeah. The EDR is going to give you visibility, but more importantly, response, right? Detection and response. Obviously, awareness is about teaching our people how to identify bad things and not click on it. So those would probably be the two building blocks I would focus on first. But at the same time, and this is where we're, we're evolving our XDR story, Having XDR coupled with EDR Mm -hmm. means now I can learn from other devices that may not support putting an EDR platform on them, right? An endpoint product. Um, I can learn from those and then I can talk to the endpoint and have it affect change, right? So now you've got an ecosystem that has multiple points of visibility talking to uh, XDR, Mm -hmm. And that XDR then is talking back to all of them saying, block this behavior, block this IP, block this uh, file hash. And so it's a better story together than either one of them by themselves. Yeah, which is what you alluded to in episode 16 about letting all your neighbors know, right? Instead of just that one house, letting all the neighbors know. That's right. Question about EDR versus managed EDR. We were just at a trade show and talked to different MSPs who said, oh, I've got EDR, I've got this software, you know, I'm using this tool. We don't have to name all the specific companies, but uh, then I think you probed, well, is it managed? They think it's managed. So kind of break down what's the difference. What are they actually, what are they actually getting out of the box versus when you add the the 24-7 SOC? That's a great question. So number one, you get trained security practitioners. So the the primary difference is most EDR platforms out of the box will do some prevention around the clock. So at 2 a.m., you know, Sentinel-1 is going to block some stuff. Mm -hmm. What Sentinel-1 is not going to do without human involvement is understand that what's happening over here is also happening over here and correlate and give you a risk model that we can then take action off of, right? If I have two or three endpoints detect something, to me as an analyst, I'm going to go, well, it looks like there's something going on that's bigger than just somebody attacking Susanna's endpoint. Mm -hmm. There's more to the story. And I think the second part of the managed is the things that we're learning from all of our customers become 
data that gets input into all of our other customers because our, our tool sets in most cases are only as good as the intelligence we feed them, right? So if customer A learns about this bad file, we have the ability in a managed environment to take that knowledge and push it to all of our customers. And now they're going to be blocking it as well. Mm -hmm. So when there's a new variant of SolarWinds, the SolarWinds hack, or, you know, any of the other ransomware hacks, for example, we have that ability to not only detect them and find them, but then mitigate them at the endpoint. So it's bigger than just, this is my small tenant in Sentinel-1. It's in the managed world. It's we have this tenant, but we have all these other tenants and they're all learning from each other. And it's a better response mechanism, better detection and response mechanism. Okay. Uh, quick question around the response. So I think what I heard was the actual tool itself has the AI or, or has the ML to, to kind of rectify the situation, block or block an attack. Is that correct? What is the response? So yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple, a couple things. One is the uh, endpoint can, when it detects something bad, can quarantine it. Right. Used to be quarantine would be we would pull the machine off the network. Right. And when you had a large disparate network, it was hard to find the machine in a building. You know, when I worked for Sprint, we had 22 buildings on our campus and and we had a hard time going from we see this bad behavior to it's John in building 12 on the fifth floor on the northwest corner. Right. So EDR has evolved to the point where. When I see John, who's in building 12 on the fifth floor in the northwest corner, I can right-click, isolate that host, and now I've mitigated the threat. Haven't remediated it yet, but I've mitigated that immediate threat. The second part of that is with, with the EDR that we have, I have the ability to have it roll back or uninstall or you know, delete it completely so that now the end customer can continue to work. So we've got more response capabilities with a with a platform like Sentinel One than we did with the old school antivirus products. Very good. And David just said it. We we do offer managed EDR. If you're interested in learning more about this, uh, there may be some of you out there that only have an antivirus, that's not enough, or a firewall, that's not enough. So if you are interested in learning more about this, uh, you know, it's not a hard sell. It's just wanting to know more of the details around it. Visit our website, highwirenetworks.com slash overwatch. We have a landing page there. You can fill out a form and we would love to continue this conversation individually with you. And if you have feedback about today's podcast or you have questions for David or myself, please contact us at marketing at highwirenetworks.com. And be sure to join us for our next episode, Closing the Cybersecurity Skills Gap. Until next time, I'm Susanna Song. And I'm Dave Barton. And this is Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified podcast. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com 
slash podcast.